Friday, right, it's that time again. It's a little toasty in the studio. <laughs> oh Get you God. some water, Andy. I don't have any sweat glands. We got a lot to talk about today. Get you some water. <laughs> so I, need, I need a shot for this. <laughs> Give you a shot of some sparkling water and some topo. What's a topo? <laughs> you haven't had any topo in here in a while for me. That's true. That's true. I've been supplying with my nice and bubbly waters I, to eat dude, for the episodes. Topo's getting expensive. It's weird. How is it gaining popularity, but they're upping the price? Inflation I guess they just can't keep up with the product, with the production, right? I don't so know. Water's like, an expensive quality here. It's like uh, Mad apparently. Max time. We live in yeah. the Mad Max era. Water's, a, water's an expensive commodity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if it's no carbonated? Doubt. Oh, that's, that's oh. Oh, that costs blood money right there. That is rich. <laughs> it's the most healthy source of nutrition you can ever find uh, in the apocalypse. That's right. <laughs> a sealed bottle of Peregrino. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, yeah. Welcome to Headlines and Shenanigans number eight, and we're getting started early with the shenanigans, Andy. I guess we so are in typical uh, new new dynamic fashion here on True Crime Guys. Listen, I'm ten minutes away from a heat stroke. It, You'll it, see what this is going to be like <laughs> after after thirty. Fancy just passes out. You just hear his chair hit the ground. <laughs> But uh, we had a whole bunch of crazy stories that we wanted to talk about, but we may not even be able to get to them because of two huge headlines that we have to talk about, you know, because it's in the name of the show. It is in the name of the it show. It is in the name of the show. We and do yeah. like shenanigans, but it, headlines are, are important too. Listen, the news doesn't stop, okay? The, the, it does the world not. doesn't stop spinning. People Mm-mm. don't stop appealing things. <laughs> That's right. So we had to call an audible today. We really did. And I'm sure. We're gonna, we have two big kind of things we wanted to talk about. One of them is like breaking news, and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But the other kind of really big headline that's been pretty much all over the news, and especially in the true crime world, mm-hmm. and most of our listeners may have already heard about, heard about this somewhere else or have seen it, but if you haven't, guys, uh, we wanted to talk about the, the release of Leslie Van Houten. Uh, if you guys don't know who that is, that is one of the last surviving members of the Manson family. Yes, 74 the, years old. 74 years young. Look at that head of hair right she looks, there. She looks great, honestly. I, yeah, me and Michael I were mean, both talking. We're like, Jesus, what kind of shampoo are they giving seriously. her in prison? It, I mean, her hair is great, yes, but it's so it's so nice. It's so, so nice. graceful. Yeah, I was you like, know? you aged I mean, gracefully in prison. To be a, a psycho cult inductee murderer, she has great hair. Yeah, I thought prison was supposed to be stressful. You look right? like you aged like Paul Rudd. Like, what the? <laughs> you're 74 she looks, years old. She looks like, great for 74. Yeah, you're right? Sam Jackson 74 For 74 right here. and white, she looks great. Yeah, for 74 and white, you look great. <laughs> Great. She looks great. You're a great looking 74 year old Leslie. But um, yeah, and this was a, oh, I guess this was a photo we're looking at right here. This was a photo in 2016. So we may be looking at a much different version of Leslie Van Houten now. Oh, dang. But either way, 2016 looked pretty good. But Leslie Van Houten was freed from a California prison on Tuesday in a, in a stunning development after she has served more than half a century behind bars. Is that enough though? Um, it's, uh, this is one of the more right? controversial subjects when it comes to the, the family members of the Manson family. True. Very true. I mean, she was very impressionable at the time. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's heard of Charles Manson at this point. And everybody Who? always thinks that, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Charlie, right? You yeah, know, Charlie, that Charlie, old guy. Charlie Murphy. <laughs> you know, Charlie's got that yeah. nice little cool tattoo on the forehead. Looks like a little crossword puzzle. What is yeah, that? What is that thing? Anyways, a little plus mark. <laughs> yeah. What's that little cool? Oh, oh, oh. oh. You might want to yeah, maybe yeah. wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bandana, Charlie. Charlie, oh, you want to invest in a bandana? <laughs> you got a nice sweatband. Go out there looking like Paul Pierce. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everybody always thinks of Charlie Manson as like the the epitome of evil. He's mm-hmm. like the the world's most famous like killer, and everybody always thinks of him as like the big the biggest serial killer of all time. And it's yeah. it is always confusing to hear that because it's he's not. He is not a serial killer. Right. Charles, Charles Manson never was a serial killer. Right. So he's he's very famous 
for convincing these other people to do some heinous crimes on his behalf. Because even by the standards of the Manson family, the 73-year-old uh, Van Houten has experienced a legal odyssey compared to the rest of the people in the family. Like, right. everybody kind of got treated differently in the family because they all had different connections to Charlie. They all had different connections to, like, what was his plan? What were you guys sent there to do? Who was doing what? And it all kind of got blamed on Charles Manson. Right. He was the one who everybody, who was the ringleader. He was the family, the head of the family, this crazy little desert, you know, dwarf mm -hmm. out there who's just talking about dune buggies. Right, right. <laughs> like he's a fictional creature in and of himself. He looks like a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to write some songs, man. He did, man. He just wanted to live out in the dunes and just, just be to just... share the love. But uh, so she's she's been through the ringer in terms of like a legal battle over the years. And Leslie Van Houten was not um, she was not Charlie. She was not Tex Watson. She was not one of the, you know, I'm the devil here to do the devil's business. Right. right. That's not her. Um, she was she was, however, originally sentenced to death for helping the Manson followers carry out the 1969 killings of Libo LaBianca uh, and his wife, Rosemary. Those murders came one night after the Sharon Tate killings with the four other members in the Tate household. Right. So that's why they they were always referred to as the Tate LaBianca killings because it mm -hmm. was two separate killings. Um, so Van Houten was 19 at the time when this occurred, and she did. She was she stabbed Rosemary LaBianca through arguments. Uh, though arguments have persisted whether that act was pre or post mortem. So her sentence was later commuted to life in prison when the California Supreme Court overturned the state's death penalty. So originally she was given the death penalty, but a few years, only a few years later did they completely do away the death penalty right. in California. Okay. So she's been there since 19, I think it was 1969, 1970. Um, but her conviction was also thrown out. Her first conviction was thrown out on appeal as her attorney died during the trial and she wasn't even granted a delay. <laughs> what? Like, how does your lawyer die? And you're like, can I get a mulligan? Can right. I get a, can, I, can we re re come back Tuesday? Like, right. <laughs> do I have a backup? How do you die on this case? Is it that stressful? I'm assuming it probably Man, was. It probably was. Yeah. <laughs> probably was pretty stressful. But um, then a subsequent court proceeding resulted in a mistrial with seven jurors voting for a murder conviction and five believing she was guilty of manslaughter. So she's kind mm. of been in the, the ether of the prison systems yeah. for a while. She's had several trials, like mistrials, you know, appeals, all different kinds of things. Right. So how is she going to live out her life now? You know, she's, she's going to have to go completely undercover, change her name. Yeah. You everything. would think that someone like, like this would need live to live in Alaska. Like, or like she would need to live in a halfway house for like a, like a significant amount of time. This woman's been behind bars for 50 years, 50 yeah, plus years. Yeah, but they have access to a lot of stuff behind bars now, Andy. You know? You yeah, know. I know this isn't exactly Shawshank anymore. No, You're not, it's not no. red going out and no, not knowing what to do. they still have access to the internet and computers and uh, technology The world and just moved way too fast and <laughs> left us behind. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that, yeah, she still got access to what the world was going through. She did yeah. get to see a bunch of things and, but like. She like what's the reason she was actually can like released this time. Like I said, she's been up for parole several times. She's been up for all these different things. And California is one of the only two U.S. states which a governor can reverse a parole board decision. So normally if a parole board says you can go like that's the final say. Right. Like, that's that's what they're hired to do. And the parole board is the judge, jury and whatever. Right. But in California, the governor can then come back and be like, I disagree. And just completely override that board's decision and put them back into prison. So the authority has been exercised by multiple governors over the years with respect to Manson Associates convicted of murder, including on five occasions after the state board recommended parole for Van Houten. 
Those governor decisions have been approved by the courts, but California Governor Gavin Newsom's office aired a 2020 reversal and Van Houten's legal team successfully took the matter to the state's appellate court. So the judges then like apparently took issue with Newsom's claim that Van Houten did not adequately explain how she fell under Manson's influence. Dude, she's told this story countless times. Right. Her story is so heavily documented. Everybody's interviewed her, every psychiatrist, every doctor, every, like everybody knows what, how she came to Charlie, how she was involved in these things. But yeah, they were the, the big trouble about whether or not she did stab Rosemary before she was killed or if it was a post-mortem right. ritualistic type, you know, how they wrote the Helter Skelter or Helter mm-hmm. Skelter. Right. So yeah, it could have been something along those lines. But either way, this was a, this woman was not like a serial killer. She was not a, a, you know, somebody going out trying to kill for the sake of killing and wanted to kill again. Also under a heavy amount of drug use. Heavy amount of drug use, heavily influenced by Mm -hmm. a very charismatic, influential person. Combine that with constant isolation with this person and other people who believe the same way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like logging into the exact same chat room every single day online and only getting your news from the same people over and over again. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. it would radicalize you very quickly. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it's, it says it right there about, about Van Houten. She was a drug-consuming teenage runaway who experienced a traumatic abortion when she met Manson in his mid-30s at the time. Manson then plied his followers with drugs and used sex to manipulate them when not subjecting them to his violent prophecies. So, yes, this is the same kind of things we've talked about with other cult members and other cult leaders who have then, they find someone at a vulnerable time in their life, they then yeah. convince them that they are the only option they have and that they are their answer. Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm. these things can be deadly. With Charlie Manson, it was the worst case. Well, not the worst. I mean, it wasn't Jim Jones. He didn't fucking suicide hundreds right, of people. Right, right, right. But, yeah, this guy preyed upon her weakness and got her involved in his drug hippie sex cult that was living in the desert. Yeah. But yeah, she's had tons of different supporters for her. I don't know if you, you know who Roger Waters is. I do not. Uh, you may recognize him or not Roger Waters, John Waters. Roger Waters is Pink Floyd. I still Um, do not. John Waters right here. He's a creepy looking, uh, guy. You ever Mm. seen this guy right here? I have seen that guy before. Uh, he's a filmmaker, John Waters. Uh, he visited her in in prison. Uh, He's been visiting her since 1980s and wrote about her in one of the essays in the 2010 book Role Models. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he even said that somebody has to stick up for the worst people in the world because they weren't born bad. And that's true. Nobody's really born bad. I mean, like, yes, there are people who have like neurological dis- like disorders and they have psychological di- disorders, but it's not right. like you're not an evil being like as like born into that world. So it's what, like, you think he has a plan to make a, a film that depicts her in a different light, possibly? I, I don't think so at this point. I don't think they're really going to, I don't think you could really get that film made in a like... Everyone's on strike anyways, right? Yeah, everybody's on strike right now. <laughs> Good news, everybody. We're not members of either guild, so if anybody's <laughs> looking for hiring right now. <laughs> no guild members here. No yeah. writer's guild. No actor's guild. <laughs> no. I'll say whatever you want. <laughs> put me, oh, put me in front of a camera. Put me in front of a camera. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's had several different... I mean, Ro- our John Waters has been a pretty prominent supporter of hers. and But of course, there's also been people who have been you know, touting that she should never get out of prison. Like the Tate family who's still around, the people who are victims or like family members of her victims. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the same time, you're looking, it's hard to ever look at someone like Leslie Van Houten and see Charlie Manson because she's not Charlie Manson. She's not a serial killer. She's not a demon. She's not, 
I don't know if she's not Ted Bundy or something like that. She is, yeah. she was a 19 year old teenage drug addict yeah. who was influenced by a crazy Even in person. that most famous photo of her with the X on her head, she just looks dazed. She doesn't look evil or. She looks like a smug teenager. She just looks, well, she looks dazed even. She doesn't even look like she's there all the way right now. Yeah, she does look a bit dazed, but she's just got that kind of smirk smile of like, whatever, man. Like, well, it's yeah, just. She's convinced she did the right thing. Yeah, it she's in the she's she's this in point. this like whole different you know mental state after all the things she's been through, but um, Waters has argued that it's believable that a hardened criminal like Manson, who had spent much of his teens and twenties in prison, could influence uh, an LSD-addled young person. Um, it's very believable that Manson could do that. I don't. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. You have a guy like Charles Manson at the time who has connections to you know other famous people in the world. Yeah, he's he's rubbing elbows with the Beatles. He's rubbing elbows right. with the Beach Boys. He's with the CIA. Oh, oh wait. <laughs> the beach boys <laughs> and, and that's all i love the little rewind yeah. every once in a while yeah but yeah it's like so you you see this guy and you kind of at the time you're a 19 year old got mm-hmm. some traumatic stuff in your past and you're on drugs a lot and you see this guy you're like this guy's probably knows what he's talking about look yeah. he's we're in uh brian or what was the the beach boys guy's house uh Brian Johnson or something oh, like that. Yeah, like we're in his yeah. house and look that he's got pictures of him with George Harrison. And it's, it's crazy. This guy must know what he's talking about. Right. So yeah, it's very easy to see how a 19 year old, like drug addicted teenager could fall into this influence. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. but, uh, she is not the first convicted of murder to be released. However, and about, she spent 53 years in custody, uh, the meantime, or in like the department, the median time served for a state prisoner in the U.S. is 18 years. And she served 53 years in prison. So I guess that is kind of a, it's kind of on the high end there. Yeah. But she is the first member of the cult in, in, involved in either the Tate or the LaBianca murders to be released. But not the first murder conviction, to be, not the first murder conviction to be released. But she is the first member of the Manson family to actually be released from prison. Wow. Um, a lot of them actually did pass away in prison. Charlie Manson mm-hmm. passed away a couple, like two or three years ago in prison. I right. think Tex Watson passed away several years ago as well. So the main people really involved in the, like the killings and the real devil in the group, they're, they're long gone. Right. So yeah, it's, it's been crazy to think that even after 50 years, you're looking at someone like Leslie Van Houten and being like, oh no, you're definitely still a threat to society. And I can yeah. understand where you like, if she has a life sentence, like for yeah. a murder, where that should be upheld. Right. But at the same time, you, you kind of need to take all the situation, like all the considerable, you know. Well, she has, in. she's, she's served her life. 53 years. Yeah. She missed and her And if she was life. a nonviolent prisoner too, you know what I'm saying? Like if she's constantly getting into fights and, you know, has committed murders and assaults in prison, then yeah, we got a different conversation here. Hmm. But uh, this woman doesn't look like she's been getting into fights. No, 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 no. She doesn't look like she's had very stressful of a thing. And, and I do she want to correct. She looks like she could live another 20 years, honestly. In that picture she did right yeah. there, definitely. But I do want to say I, I, wasn't, I wasn't correct. Some of those people are still alive because there are oh. several family members still behind bars and Tex Watson is one of those people. Oh, wow. Uh, Bruce Davis, Bobby uh, Busalele, and Patricia Cr- uh, Krenwinkel, all between 75 and 80, have uh, all been recommended for parole at various times. But in each case that was happened, the governor and power reversed the decision. Mm-hmm. Charles uh, Tex Watson, who's 77, helped carry out the murders at the Tate Gathering and at the residence of the LaBiancas. He is generally considered to be, uh, the least likely candidate to be released and in late 2021 was denied parole for an 18th time. 
So yeah, if you he's guys, just, if, if anybody's song kind of, and dance for him at this point. Yeah, if anybody's not familiar with Tex Watson, he was even on. I think he was on the Mind Hunter episode with Charlie with Charlie Manson. I, I think so. I think yeah. they interviewed Tex Watson and. Tex Watson was, he was really one of the, the fucked up people of that group. He was the one who was really out of his mind on some drugs. He was the one who committed a lot of the violence in the group. He was the kind of the enforcer of the group. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you look at someone like, you know, Leslie Van Houten, that's, she's not Tex Watson. She's not Charlie. Right. So I can understand how some of these people should have, they should have been rehabilitated just like cult members, just like members of people like of the, you know, uh, heaven's gate or members of you know jonestown people like that they they, they needed to be treated as cult members people right. who had been brainwashed and people who had been heavily influenced right so it's I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about whether all of them should be released but there are some people like this like leslie van houten who you they need to take into consideration like all the factors that led to her making these decisions was she a violent person beforehand? Was she a violent person after the fact? Right. Was she like, were any of these things indicators of her being like a true danger to society Dude, no, after listen, Charlie was gone? The like, way that they did those murders and who they did those murders to, they made an example out of them. That's all they were doing. They didn't care their reasoning for committing the crime, you know? Yeah. I mean, let's not get it twisted. Our Our prison system is... Is not not for reformation. You know what I'm saying? No, and you did have at the time. You did have the the very big the, the counterculture movement, and Charlie Manson was a very good like poster boy for the like the starch the staunch conservative government to be like. Well, this is the, what the hippies are. Yep. Like this is what the hippie movement is. It's, yes, this sir. is what's going to happen. That free love is just a is just a facade, and they're yep. all satanic worshippers. The dark like, side of it. Yep. So yeah, it was very easy at the time to blame Charlie Manson as like, to paint him as the face of the anti-hippie. We got to read that book, Chaos, man. Oh, yeah. Like, just came out. We this was a, check that out. This was just one more reason for, I think, uh, one of the things we are going to come back on. We've talked about some cult stuff, and that is a, that's a cult, and it's a, it's a serial killer murder. So mm-hmm. it's like, we are going to do a Manson family case at some point. We're going to talk about these things, and now that we have some more information about, these, about her and this Chaos book... That's a whole like can of worms to really dig into. I think it'd be mm-hmm. fun for us to do. It would be. So yeah, like we're we're gonna see how Leslie Van Houten adapts to life now, how she adapts to being out of the prison system for the first time in fifty years. Right. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't really know how to use an iPhone very well, or she doesn't really know how to use, you know, DoorDash and chip <laughs> cards and but some yeah. of those things can be learned. I mean and, and Or you can go there's plenty of Small town, small town America. You could go to man and live a very like non non modern life. You know what I mean? Yeah. And she could just live in town, work a job in town, and live a quiet life for the rest of her days. Yeah. I mean, work, or if she's off, got family, maybe they want her back. You know, live off the land, learn how to farm. Like I mean, <laughs> I mean, or just be so like yeah. You can. It's very. It's not very easy, but it is. It's doable to live yeah. by yourself. To live kind of rurally and. To, to learn how to kind of minimize your contact with the outside world. Yeah. It's, it's very doable in today's society. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think that there's a good possibility she may um, adapt well. I did I did see some other things that said she was, I think she may, she may actually be sick, like mm-hmm. have some sort of illness at this point. And so she may not even be long for this world. They may have just been uh. given her... You know her last year's free of freedom, but right. yeah, I don't know. Maybe she does still have family around. Maybe she has some a sibling or something that that missed her and wanted like never wanted her to be in prison. So yeah, 
I can always understand why the Tate family is there, always protesting and saying they shouldn't get out. But yeah, there I, I don't know. It's do you really consider all those people the same level as Charlie? Right. It's I'm, it's a, it's a hard thing to consider. It's like we all saw Charlie Manson and what he did, apparently. Yeah. So you think all these but some teenagers? People, some people would say, yeah, they're worse than Charlie because they did it. Charlie didn't do it. But There's that's that the yeah. But then you but that's the same kind. Use that argument to be like, well, is Hitler bad or was the Nazi who was running the gas chamber bad? Right, right. It's this. It's the same both. kind of. Yeah. It's like it's. Well, yeah. It's that. It's that <laughs> mentality. It's like they both did something bad, but that guy yeah, wouldn't yeah. have been doing that right. if the guy who he was following wouldn't have been like you fucking pull that lever. Oh, for sure. I'm just so saying. It's, yeah, saying. you have to think that's like was this 19 year old teenage runaway really going to be a danger to the world, or was did she end up finding the the catalyst that made her commit a crime? Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see what kind of comes of this, but yeah, we're going to, we're going to actually dive into the Manson case. We're going to actually see what all Charlie Manson's life looked like and both these different kind of outlooks on whether or not he was what they kind of said he was. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. It's not exactly, Charlie Manson didn't exactly give himself the best like press. He didn't, he was like, he was always his own PR guy. Yeah. And that wasn't the best choice. <laughs> like, no, absolutely not. But it made some, for some amazing footage though. It did. It made some great interviews and it made some great yeah. headlines from Charlie Manson, but it's like, you know what? Maybe just, you know what? He, he would have done real well from AI. <laughs> like, right. He would have been the guy who's like, Hey, how about you write me a little story about Doom Buggy? Maybe I can sell these things. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right on, man. All right, well, that's enough Manson for now. Like it's enough said, Manson for um, now. We've already kind of done this. Uh, we'll we'll see yeah. what this kind of does later on. We'll, like I said, we will get into the Manson family. We'll get into the Tate LaBianca murders and the trials and the conspiracy theories. Might even be a two part episode. Who knows? It's a it's a Who long. Knows? Yeah, that's a that's a whole different. Andy loves two parters. I do. I love two parters. Yeah, I like let's to do two with, parts. I want to leave them with a cliffhanger. Hey, you know what's better than doing one episode? Do two. How about you hey. do two? <laughs> Hey, you know how a lot of work you did? Yeah. How about you do it again? <laughs> do it again. Do it two times. Do it again. Do twice the amount, will you? But uh, so yeah, I, I do like the two parts. I like the cliffhangers. Yeah. I like the t I like the first and second. I like what you get to you get to kind of broaden your information. Yeah, I feel you. But I feel for this next story, this right here, guys, we're we're covering this today. This is uh, we're recording this on July fifteenth. This is a Saturday for us, for everybody mostly. But um, <laughs> yeah, unless there's aliens listening in twenty twenty three, whatever your day, whatever day is for you, <laughs> right? But um, so this. This kind of broke over the, it's been kind of coming out over the past couple of days, but now like the story has really broke because the suspect has been charged and it's in custody now. Mm -hmm. um, we were kind of seeing some, some like rumblings of there was a suspect in these, in these Gilgo beach killings and that they may have been, they may have some connections, but as of today, a suspect was charged in the Gilgo beach serial killings cold case. Um, so if you guys haven't been kind of following what's been going around over in, uh, up in Long Island, there's a little area called Gilgo beach. Mm -hmm. Um, and over for more than a decade, there have been a string of unsolved killings around this area. Yeah. We actually uh, covered this on strange unexplained. It's one of the earlier episodes. I want to say top 30 episodes. Mm -hmm. I think if you go, if you search Lisk for Long Island serial killer, it should pull it up. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's been a movie about this before. Yeah. There's been documentaries about this before because this yeah. was like a, I think was. it was Shannon Gilbert was the case that we focused on her, her disappearance in particular, but it led us down the, down the trail of all the other missing women in that area mm -hmm. as well. 
Um, so yeah, like, so if you guys want to check that out too, this will kind of we'll post a link to that episode on social medias after this has been coming around. So this has been ongoing an investigation for years. Um, and, to, uh, and co-founding our uh, Gilgo beach murders, terrified residents and confounded authorities on long Island's South shore after a woman's 2010 disappearance, led investigators to find at least 10 sets of human remains and launch the hunt for a possible serial killer. So authorities announced a major breakthrough on Friday. They charged New York architect Rex Hewerman. Is that they say Hewerman? Hewerman. Hewerman. Yes. Yeah, Rex Hewerman. I, I, I mispronounced his name the first few times I was reading it, so we had to watch them and kind of talk about it. So it's Rex Hewerman, fifty-nine, with murder in connection to the killings of three of the four women who became known as the Gilgo Four. Suspect was taken into custody Thursday night, and he has been indicted on one count of first-degree murder, one count of second-degree murder in each of the three killings. Um, Melissa Bartholomew in 2009, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello in 2010, according to the Suffolk County District. Mm-hmm. So these were three of the; those were um, three of the four women. And Michael was uh, talking about how, um, and a 23-year-old Shannon Gilbert from New Jersey, or yes. from Jersey City, New Jersey who had been missing since uh, May of 2010, that's when the first set of remains in the bushes were located. That's who they were searching for. Yes. Um, Hureman told his attorney that he is not the killer, but he is also the prime suspect in the 2007 disappearance and death of a fourth woman, Maureen Brainerd Barnes. And y'all, they got some good evidence on his ass, too. They really do. We, we watched some of the uh, the news footage from this. We were listening to some of the, the sheriffs talking about this. It, this seems like they may have his ass. Oh, this yeah, kind of seems him. like Golden State Killer type deal of yep. like, we got you, motherfucker. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of cool. It's, matched uh, the DNA on the victims. And they got his DNA through a pizza crust. Yeah, a piece of pizza. A <laughs> piece of pizza that he threw away and they watched him throw it away. Just yeah. some old school police work right there. Yeah, that's that, that like ground. That's that boots on the ground that's detective right. work. Like who was the, oh God, I can't remember what, which serial killer they caught one time because they, he threw a cigarette butt out the car and they were yes. following and they had I don't to know stop. if that guy was a serial killer, but uh, yeah, he was a murderer. Yeah, he was like a rapist yeah. or a killer and they found yep. a serial, like a cigarette butt that he had thrown out of well, his they car noticed, window. Well, they noticed that he threw them out at the same spot. Yeah, like every yeah. day. So yeah. they just followed him there and then yep. soon enough, cigarette butt comes out the window just at the stoplight. Just grab the one that's smoking. Yep, grab the one that's still still lit. Yep. But yeah, this seemed like that. They were, they've been kind of following him for a little while. They, there's a lot of evidence that ties uh, Hewerman to this these cases. And authorities said that uh, in 2020, 20, or 2022, they identified him as a suspect, and they watched him and his family getting DNA samples from items in the, uh, their trash as they built a case. He was remanded without bail on Friday and entered a plea of not guilty, but he will be scheduled in court on August 1st. So we will get to see how this plays out. So don't expect like a full episode on this case yet until after you know the trial is finished yeah but in 2010 we'll give you, you kind of like this the, guy's not going to talk though i don't know this no, guy because once you talk you seal it dude That's we it. yeah no chance of getting out uh michael and i talked a bit about this before we recorded we, we watched these uh these news part like headlines about it and we we look at this guy this rex hewerman and both of us agree we're like he's got that gacy face <laughs> He's got, he's got gaze face, bro. He does. He got that gaze face. He's man. got he's, the gaze face. He, he the gaze of gaze, this, if you will. The gaze of gaze, man. Yeah. He's got that just gazing mm-hmm. right through you. But he has this look about him to where he appears like a jolly person. Yeah. But if you look at his mugshot, it looks angry. 
Right. It doesn't look scared. And he's it doing it on purpose. Yeah, it doesn't look scared. It doesn't look confused. It doesn't look, uh, why me? It doesn't look, no. like, it looks like, fuck, you caught me. Yeah. Like, he has that look on his face of, I ain't saying shit. Yep. And he's been interviewed before for different things. He's an architect in New York City, and we we watched like an interview clip with him. Yeah, he even kind of sounds like Gacy. He does. He's, I think if you play to this guy's ego, he'll talk eventually. I think somebody might. Yeah. I think he might talk to somebody in prison. He might talk to us like a therapist. He yeah. might talk to somebody. But um, I'll give you guys a quick little rundown because authorities find the first remains in Gilgo Beach in 2010. That's when they were looking for Shannon Gilbert, the 23 year old who hadn't been seen since May of 2010. The remains of Melissa Bartholomew, 24, were the first to be discovered in the case during the search uh, for uh, Shannon Gilbert. Two days later, investigators discovered the remains of three additional victims, Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Amber Costello, and Megan Waterman, strewn across a half-mile stretch of Gilgo Beach. The four women, who were wrapped in camouflage burlap, were all worked as escorts who advertised on Craigslist and were last seen between July 2007 and September of 2010. So this was, uh, I think this was probably probably the day of like the back pages, like Craigslist back pages or something. Oh yeah, yeah. We were just you were just finding hookers on Craigslist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. But uh, and in 2011, more remains were found, including a toddler and her mother. So in March 29, 29th of 2011, the partial skeleton remains of another woman were found several miles east of where the bodies of the Gilgo Four were discovered. The woman was first known as Jane to number five before they had finally identified her as Jessica Taylor, another escort whose partial remains were previously discovered in Manorville. That's been 2003 when they were discovered as well. So the following month in April, three more sets of remains were found on a stretch of Ocean Parkway in Suffolk County near the beach, including a a female toddler, an unidentified Asian male, and a woman initially referred to as Jane Doe number six. This guy has been killing people for 20 years. I... I, I feel like there's going to be more of these bodies tied to him. Like there may be some that were other people may have dumped a body out here because this is one of those things. People have run into this before in investigations where, where somebody has said that they're investigating these body dumps at this area. Well, then somebody else who's not the serial killer accidentally kills somebody or, or does purposefully kill somebody. Yeah. They go dump them in that area so that it hopefully gets tied to the serial killer. Right, right. So you, it's it's a it's a thing that police have run into in the, in, in the past. So that could be what had happened because this right. has been an ongoing serial killer case for over a decade. Mm-hmm. But um, so then a week later, uh, two additional sets of human remains were found in Nassau County, about 40 miles east of New York City. So remember, this is a... You know, Rex Hewerman is a New York City-based attorney or architect. Architect, yeah. So this is just 40 miles east of there, which one of which was identified as the mother of the toddler through the DNA L- uh, analysis. The mother's partial remains were first discovered in 1997. The other set of God. remains genetically matched with remains found in 1996 on Fire Island, significantly expanding the timeline and geographic of reach of this investigation. See? So, yeah, they're finding things back in 1996, all oh the way back God. to the 90s. I mean, will you see Rex, uh, how, how, I can't remember how old they said Rex Hewerman was. I think he's 52. I think that's what they said he was. Um, but yeah, he wow. is, this is a man who could have Started absolutely killing been killing 20s, in the 90s. Dude. He was killing in his 20s. Possibly. I, like, they've always, they've kind of, one of the, you know, main studies of serial killers, it was like the the, the early 30s, like, was like the kind yeah. of time when some male serial killers were kind of getting into that. They're like, well, this is who I am. Like they've right. kind of gotten like, they tried all these things in their twenties. They tried all these like 
what should I do? Should I do this? Should I try this? This will fix me this. And then they kind of yeah. get to that point where they're like, I think this is who I am. Right, <laughs> so right. it's, um, so following mm. all these different kinds of things, like we talked about, this guy may have been killing all the way back in the nineties. This is insane. Yeah. We got to do a case on this. So in 2011, Gilbert's body finally was found in the wooded marshes of Suffolk County's Oak beach. That beach is about nine miles from where the other 10 sets of human remains were found. Authorities later said they believe Gilbert's death may have been accidental and not related to the Gilgo Beach slayings, however. Mm -hmm. But in 2020, police released photos of a key clue, an ID of a victim. So this is when the investigation kind of started heating up a little bit. Mm -hmm. They believe that uh, in 2020, they released photos of what they said could be a significant piece of evidence, a black leather belt with the embossed letters WH or HM. The department also launched a website to collect new tips in the investigation. So they believe that the belt was handled by the suspect and did not belong to any of the victims. Um, so maybe this was somebody else's belt or this was something he had like picked up along the way. What or was the was initials again? H M or W H. Like it was, mm. you could switch those two letters back and forth. Right. Um, so if it's H M, I mean, that could be Hewerman. I mean, yeah. it's, I mean, it's not perfect, but it does Hewerman. Like it's, or, it's in there. Yeah. W H could have been somebody Hewerman. Yeah. Um, cause it does say his name is Rex. That could be his first name. Uh, could be a, a you know, nickname. Right. But in 2020, 2020, New York Suffolk County police department identified Jane Doe number six as Valerie Mack, a 24 year old Philadelphia mother who went missing two decades earlier. So the FBI helped identify Mack's remains using some advanced DNA technology. And they used samples from her remains, uh, to find biological relatives through gene genealogy, kind of like the whole 23 and me thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but in 2022, the police formed a task force finally to actually find this killer, which I feel like is a long time to finally really form a task force after right. you've been finding these things for several years already. And you found like 10 sets of remains in like two years. Right. You're like, well, once we hit a dozen, then maybe we you know, put a team together. Well, that's where the victim selection Exactly. You know, that's where that comes in handy for the killer, unfortunately. Always talked about the less dead. Yeah. It's always a very common term when used in serial killers or in police investigations. But in 2022, they did actually, police com commissioner Rodney Harrison formed a multi-agency task force. Um, and they included the Suffolk County Sheriff's Department, the Suffolk County's Police Department, and the New York State Police Office and the FBI. And on March 14th of 2022, Hewerman was first mentioned as a possible suspect in the Gilgo Beach case after a New York State investigator identified him in a database. So he was arrested in 2023. They, we've kind of looked at some of the things that they were talking about, like uh, why he might be uh, not the prime suspect, because he kind of has the he kind of has the BTK alibi. He, they kind of look at him. They're like, he's like, I, I'm a married man. I got two kids. I live in New York. And these are New Jersey killings. Like, and yeah, you're a serial killer. Yeah, no. it's like, <laughs> it's, uh, so you you got everything that the classic serial yeah, killer needs. <laughs> yeah, you sound exactly like a serial killer. How many no, examples just, do you need? You sound like you're just out of time. Like you should yeah, be in the 70s. What's, right. what's up? <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> but uh, a suspect, according to some of the Gilco Beach murders, was taken into custody on July 13th. And then that was finally identified as, as Hewerman, a registered architect who's owned the New York City-based architecture and consulting firm, uh, RH Consultants and Associates, since 1994, mm. according to his company's website. So this guy's been a pretty prominent architect in New York since 1994, owned his yeah. own company, owned his own right. offices. Um, so the Shortly authorities after, have hinted that more- he became a serial killer. 
Yeah. Shortly, so. I, it kind of you got yourself like a little base of operations, and then you right. go into New Jersey to do your killings. Mm, like it's apparently not a far it's not a far hop from New York City to New Jersey. Just no. sh- jump across the river, you're there. Right. But authorities have also hinted that more charges could be coming, noting that court documents Hewerman has been tied to at least one other disappearance, that of uh, Brainard Barnes, the woman who was later found dead. But we kind of looked at the different, uh, what they talked about in the news headlines. They were talking about how they have linked him to multiple burner phones, yes. multiple like uh, email addresses, possible, like, um, what was it, taunting of one of the victim's families. Yes. Yes, they do have proof that he was taunting a victim's family. And they have like they have security footage of him in places. They matched his vehicle to the description uh, of some yeah, of the he's things. Fucked, man. But the fact that they did actually find his DNA like on these victims. Yep. Now that's that can always be like uh their escorts. Of course my DNA was on But if your DNA is on all of the dead women, right. That's a bigger it's like Come on, man. If your DNA is on one of the five dead escorts, right? You're a suspect, right? Obviously, but if it's on all of them, you're the suspect. That is correct. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you might have some DNA on an escort here or there, but one guy's popping up on every case is going to be a little bit more red flaggy, right? At least there's some great photos of him because of his profession. He looks very professional serial killer. He really does. He just yeah. he kind of has this hair that is it's not long but it's not short. Yeah, what like is Mark that? Davis that's a yeah. that's a toupee, right? It's got to be. That's it's a toupee. It's just it, it you need to cut that. He hair. rips that thing off and he's just evil. That's what yeah. happens. Somebody ripped it off and that's why he had to kill them. Oh. Somebody pulled it off. That was his trigger. Mm. But I said, uh, don't touch the hair. Don't touch the hair. I told you it was real. <laughs> But yeah, you can even watch interviews with this guy. And he, uh, I don't know, he just has a little bit of like a an, a, a, an arrogance about him, he, I guess. Uh, a he, little bit. He has a bit That's of an arrogance. That's why I say to I him. think he's going to talk. If they play to his ego, he's gonna he's gonna start talking. There, yeah, that could be a very once he realizes thing. he's fucked, he's like, well, I'll just be the best serial killer then, and then he'll start talking about all the shit that he's done. Yeah, take credit for more, take credit for Probably. this, try and Probably talk, yeah. buff his game, get you know credit in prison. Yep. You have to weave through the shit to figure out what really happened and. Yeah, that's that's something we've heard time and time again from different serial killers and different convicted murderers. But I don't know. This guy, like I said, when you look at his mugshot, you look at his interviews, you look at like all the different evidence against him, you look at his eyes in that mugshot, it it doesn't look like he has remorse. It doesn't look like he's scared. It doesn't look no. like he doesn't know why he's there. No, it doesn't. So yeah, I'm not trying he's of course he is innocent until proven guilty. We're not you're not judges, we're not police or anything no this man is innocent until proven guilty but the the evidence against him is highly leaning and this is way. evidence they feel so comfortable with they're putting it out on all news sites <laughs> yeah they are they are That's announcing how... who we got right we, we think this is him this like, is the guy here's all the evidence we have it's like they're not they're here's not his guessing back, yeah. here here's his backstory here's right. his life here's this isn't who like he is. some leak where it's like oh we possibly have evidence of this it's like no they they got it yeah, they you like uh, in a lot of uh, in, in serial killer cases, they do not like to announce who it is until they're damn sure they got them. Oh yeah, like a- you like. There's been very few. There's been a few times where people have gone down the wrong person. They thought it was the wrong person. You know, you got someone like with you know with Andre Chikatilo in Russia when they're like they don't want to acknowledge a serial killer, so they just find somebody who has one previous case of child molestation. Like that's yeah. him. Bam, and just yeah. So yeah, there's been times people have gone down that weren't weren't guilty, mm-hmm. but they don't like to announce all of this stuff about a suspect 
unless they're pretty sure he's going to prison. Right. Because it just opens the door for all kinds of lawsuits in the future of, of you know, like, uh, what's the fraud or what's the, what's, I'm thinking, blanking on the term. When you say something that's not true against somebody else, oh, li- uh, libel, libel, and yeah, like slander, like you, you would, you, you, know, you know, you would make all these different things a case if they are announcing these things and he's mm-hmm. not guilty. Yeah, so they don't want to open the door to all that stuff. So you you can take this with a with an air of confidence. Exactly, exactly. And guys, we'll be following this, of course. Like I said, we definitely want to do a follow up on this. Maybe we'll do it on Strange and Unexplained. Maybe we'll do it on True Crime Guys. Probably on TCG. Yeah, once, I'd like uh, to talk through this with you. This will be, you know, there's going to be a lot to unpack. There's so, yeah, this. there's there's literally decades of, of uh, cases to go through, yeah. of different bodies found, and different investigations. So yeah, yeah well, now that they have his DNA, it's just a it's just a waiting game, right? So we're going to test with all the evidence that they have, and this this shit should be coming out pretty pretty quickly. I think. I yeah. Think within the coming months, we'll we'll know what all he's tied to. Yeah, because I I could be wrong. I haven't like don't don't you know quote me on all these things. I haven't done. All the research on this case, but I don't feel like they've announced. They didn't really announce how the victims were killed or like the causes of their deaths. They they mm-hmm. kind of kept that. That's one of those. You know, those are kind of like some of the key investigation points. They like to keep close to the chest. Yeah, because it's like they. That's how they can catch the guy. It's like we don't yeah. tell you how they did it, but you know how it was done. Right. So yeah, this might be one of those things where like he they they've kept some information close to the chest mm-hmm. because they know they can get him to cooperate. But if you want to check out uh, Strange and Unexplained, the Shannon Gilbert case, uh, if you search Shannon Gilbert. You should be able to find it, like I say. Um, and that will give you a little more information on how a lot of these women were found. Yeah. What, what circumstances and whatnot. And then that's why I say I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, this being closed. Like, this has got to bring amazing closure to the women in that area. I mean, God, since the mid-90s. Yeah, this is... This I, is insane. There's been so many other cases where, you know, there was uh, there was escorts or, you know, sex workers who were being targeted by a killer and the fucking streets knew about it. All the people on the streets knew. They were like, we know what to look out for. We yeah. know what car not to get into. We know what this motherfucker looks like. Yeah. And no one's listening. Yep. Like our friends are our friends are dying. They're disappearing. They're yep. getting tortured. And you guys aren't listening. So this is, yeah. yeah, this has probably been like on the streets of Long Island, a fucking Batman type thing, like, like a boogeyman. Right. Yeah. Like, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, the minutes, the minutes, several escorts go missing, and all their bodies wind up in the same area. Mm-hmm. You have a widespread fear throughout that sex worker community. Absolutely, so. absolutely, always. Protect well, our right. sex workers, guys. Protect them. That's right. <laughs> Legalize it so we can protect them. Right? Yes, protect I mean, your God, sex people workers. People are gonna guys. do it anyways. It's like Jesus. But anyways. Uh, guys, thanks for sticking around for this headlines and shenanigans. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed these updates. We know it was just, uh, the two cases, but those are two massive headlines that we thought that we needed to talk to you guys about. Um, as always, we'll be back next week with new headlines and shenanigans. I'm probably going to try to throw in a, uh, a Patreon exclusive episode once a month, like I did last week. Uh, we, we throughout the Coors family. Maybe we'll throw another one out there, uh, next month. It might be an older episode with myself and Lauren, Um, but either way, and in between that, we'll keep doing headlines and shenanigans. And like I said, we'll be back with regular episodes, September 6th. All right. All right. Yeah. Exactly. I could have brought some more stories, Michael. I had one about a, about a sea otter stealing a surfboard, but you know what? These seem like more important things. (laughs) God damn it. A sea otter. Damn it, Andy. Next week. You better. All right, guys. We'll see you next week then. Until then, keep creeping. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out all the other shows on our TCG network, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel. Starting every Monday with new episodes of Strange and Unexplained, 
followed every other Tuesday by our audio drama podcast, Sandu Stories. Then, of course, new episodes of True Crime Guys every Wednesday. And if that's not enough, head on over to our Patreon, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of exclusive content, including older episodes, strange shorts, the latest edition of Sandu Stories, and, of course, higher thoughts. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. You hush your mouth, boy.